0: You can't solve your patient's problems. All you can do is help them find their own answers. I know that. I do. I just—it's all I can think about. What I could have done differently. You listen to me. I get anxiety. I mean, right now I'm—I'm I'm toggling between the DMA and how Grey is settling into life on Trill, Is book okay, wherever he is. And let's not forget about how badly I handled the situation with Zora. So it's not the same as yours, but it all comes from the same place. Uncertainty, which is terrifying. So let's be terrified together. Kovic said you need to take some time for yourself, right? The Hollow Deck just got updated with the venabilia Bloom from Salada Majore, so how about we take a little stroll through a field full of flowers for a bit? I'd like that.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. I am one of your hosts, Johnson, and with me is my co host, Mike. Mike, how are you today on this fine Sunday? I
2: am good. It's been a nice, uh, relaxing, uh, lazy ish Sunday. So, yes. Have you been outside? I have a dog. Of course, I've been outside. Oh,
1: okay. Sorry. Sorry.
2: Um, oh, oh, and oh, Dennis oh, is oh, working, oh. so I've definitely been outside, yes. But it wasn't horrible out. You know, it's a right, right around 32 degrees, so there's been some snow. No, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's not cold, really. It's kind of – it's a warm 32. It's oh, cold,
1: but it's not terrible. No. Yeah. Well. Tomorrow's going to be cold.
2: Like low Is of- it I have not looked ahead? Low I have not 18. Looked ahead. Low of 18. That actually, was. that's a lie. I have looked ahead and I note that on Friday, next Friday, this coming Friday, it will be 60 degrees.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. I won't so, be here, but that's really nice. That's awesome.
2: You won't be here. Dennis won't be here. Uh, I'm actually considering, Dennis and I talked a little bit last night, and I'm actually considering putting Hamish in the kennel Friday night so that I can pack and just have a good night's sleep before I... Get up and go to the yeah, airport sure um, can on thursday um, why not <laughs> now head. dennis will still be here um although that's true you know um but anyway so yeah um i don't know oh so i'm hoping to enjoy the 60 degree weather on friday because i'm Great. going Thank to God. try
1: to have all my work done so that i don't have to work on friday awesome cool uh, well for those of you that may be wondering why we're recording on a Sunday, it is because Mike and I have some travel coming up. So I'll be going out to L.A. to see some friends. It's coming Wednesday and spending, essentially, a present-day weekend in L.A. And then Mike will also be flying out a little bit later. And I'm flying out are- on Saturday afternoon, Saturday. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you're going to New Orleans. I am. I'm going to NOLA with...
2: Uh... 15 kids as one of their two chaperones. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. I am Mm. just stressed about uh, staying COVID free between now and then. Right. So I'm sort of on a personal lockdown. I'm going to go get a test tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to see the other chaperone on tuesday or thursday morning or for lunch or whatever we're gonna meet and she's, she's got some things to give me for the trip and the only other thing i'm going to do is go to the dentist on wednesday which i'm not that excited about
1: really oh i love the dentist
2: um yeah i mean i, I Like love it when nurse. they
1: like when they scrape and it's like oh my god <laughs> it's so satisfying i mean I
2: do like the feeling afterwards, my mouth feels like kind of new and fresh and mm-hmm. like, but um, yeah, it's always, uh, I, I love my dentist and I love my hygienist, Christine, she's awesome and we chat We chat for like forever before she even begins the cleaning and I'm going to have to actually say this time around. Um, I, we have to get going because oh I, have to, I have to be back uh, at the apartment by four because we have an adoption uh, home study visit so okay. um, So yeah so I'm gonna take actually a half a day on off on Wednesday but um, to do all of this so yes um, but then yeah then I'm away for almost a week with yeah, uh, 15 yeah. kids uh, in New Orleans right. We're going to be building a house uh, in the ninth lower ninth ward, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to a plantation. We're gonna go on a swamp tour. We're going to I want to say a jazz museum. So,
1: okay, yeah.
2: So it'll be it'll be uh, a lot of fun, and um, yeah, a lot of work. I I imagine I will be returned feeling very exhausted. I'm sure
1: you're gonna be tired. Oh my god.
2: And then when I get back, I'm going to plan a self-getaway, self-care getaway somewhere
1: for a few days and just. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. That Sounds yeah. fun. So so what does this mean for our podcast? So we will be releasing this episode. But we will be taking a week off um, because well. of your travel schedule in particular. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll have two episodes of discovery to catch up on in the next episode that we're going to be releasing. So it's going to be a lot of discovery to discuss. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Well, I guess,
2: yeah, you'll be traveling. So you may not even see the discovery episode before you get back.
1: And uh... yeah, we'll have to see. I might watch it. I'll be staying with a friend. So maybe, and they sleep much earlier than me. So I might just watch it just to. Oh, okay. Okay but yeah i i might are you staying at uh, jeff's place i'm staying with mostly and jeff my my friends mostly and jeff for a couple days and then um then i'm gonna migrate to the airbnb so oh okay that you're sharing with uh with the boys with dennis
2: and tony so correct correct
1: so yeah um so you know uh for those of so For those listeners that are going to be wondering where our next episode is going to be released, it won't be. It will It'll be the week after, so one week yeah. off. So yeah, yes. So cool. So why don't we talk about this week's discovery episode? We can. I think we can get right into it because it is Sunday. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Not that I think you I particularly care, but I I am going to a Super Bowl viewing party so well look at you I do You're being very experience. very sporty very you. sporty but yes um you know we can kind of keep this one a little bit <laughs> as short and sweet as we as we can given you know we'll see how long we go on for since we can talk about discovery for hours on end but this week we'll be talking about episode eight of season four all in
0: You know, if you win this and you take that Isolenium, every bridge you have ever built will be incinerated instantly. The bridge between us, will that be gone too? You leave me no choice. Starfleet will come after you with everything they've got. I'll be one of the tools they use.
1: So Mike would love to get some of your high-level thoughts about this episode. And then we can break it down a little bit. I do think that there's not as many. Oh my God. I dropped my mic. I'm here. I don't think there's <laughs> many. <laughs> as I was saying, per my thought, I don't think there were as many like B, C, D plots. There, there is a little bit of that. But I think for the most part, we really stuck with one major story through line, which was Michael and Owa going after book for the most part and Tarka. So there were some things around that, but for the most part, I would say 90% of the episode was about that. So, you know, I think that, but we can still kind of break down some of the the other kind of threads that we saw going on. But Mike would love to hear your thoughts about this episode and what you uh, what you took away from it. Yeah, I um first of all it's great to have
2: Discovery back uh and to get mm. back into the story. Um, oh yeah,
1: adult Star Trek as you were saying.
2: Right, yeah. It was a you know a nice uh nice to be back in, you know, some adult Star Trek. Uh not that I didn't didn't love Prodigy, which like I like T V
1: fourteen Star Trek.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um so it was great to to be back with Discovery. Uh you know, I I really enjoyed the drama of this episode and. Between what Michael and book are saying, what's wrong with you today? What's going on? <clears throat> Sorry, I'm it's like, uh, suddenly I've got. Yes, yeah, so suddenly I've got all this mucus. Uh... Well, well, look at who's having an allergy attack today. Potentially. Right. Or, yeah. or
1: or COVID. So.
2: Or it's covered. Um, I hope not. Oh, gosh. Um so i'm really enjoying the you know the drama the drama we the plot is moving forward you know we see the stakes are actually really high is the
1: plot moving forward i mean absolutely
2: so yeah absolutely so i mean obviously we the were left at a... they
1: haven't nothing has progressed like they're still that's not you know, true
2: that is not know, true both you're forgetting both
1: are still on the way to create the weapon now they have the thing that they need to create the weapon that's like it and now they know where they are, how much, how much yep. narrative has actually progressed. Michael did nothing to convince Book otherwise. They basically are at the same place as they were before, even more so. Like narrowly, I don't think they really progressed much at all. I think this is most. it was like a side mission.
2: Actually, I didn't th- I disagree completely because this was very so there's that piece of it that you're thinking about, but there's also this star charts that she's getting from uh Maz, uh Mazano.
1: Side mission. Uh, they were they were always gonna to try to make first contact with the species fancy.
2: Sure, sure, but now they have so much more information about what they're going into. So there's this big black black space at the end of the episode you you get like you get to see where they're going and what they're facing um and also you learn that the uh the the dma is actually a dredge for boronite which is a huge energy producer um so you learn that so you you, basically, actually, yeah, you've gotten I, all... I disagree.
1: With you. I do think I do agree that we learn a little bit more about species tendency, which I can appreciate. But I actually think there's not much narrative momentum. I think we just got a little bit more about this, you know, great unknown. But I don't think it's actually it hasn't pushed the story forward that much.
2: Oh, I disagree. But um, I, I, you know, <laughs> I yes, as we've both said. Uh, no, I think I think we've gotten a lot of great information and we've had a great story here between. You know the situation between michael and and book being very um very tenuous and this is actually you know the 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 most pivotal scene and i paid attention to it again when i watched it again today was the poker scene where they're um the whole scene right they they agree to knock out the two Osiris wannabes mm-hmm. together you know it, they also agree that they're going to work together and that they just kind of put it on the line. And she says, you know, let's end this. And actually, you know, I think that they're actually talking about two different things there. So they're not, she's talking about, let's end this game and like end this. And I think that the way the book answers it is that he's ending their relationship. Yeah. And I agree. Um, so I thought that that was really so like, I think whoa. Michael, I
1: don't, you know, I think Michael, Yes, because she knew that Book was going to win. So I do think that. But I also think I don't think Michael, you know, she was also she also knew that their relationship was at a point where there was they were not going to go back. You know, I I think that she was aware of it, um, though she also kind of wanted to move on.
2: Yeah, I mean, and she also said later on to the president that she's, you know, she's her first and foremost duty is to protect yeah. the Federation and everyone yeah. in it. I, yeah, so. I don't.
1: I think Michael's pretty aware that at this point, I'll, and I do think that book is, I think all likelihood, and we'll see where the season, the rest of the season takes us. I do think that there will be some point of redemption for book in all likelihood, based upon how we typically see this things play out. Um, but I do think that You know there's there is a point of no return for their relationship
2: yeah and i also think it kind of sets up for the future although there may be a redemption point for book at some point Mm -hmm. i don't think it's going to be enough and i think it's actually gonna this is my prediction he is either going to sacrifice himself Mm -hmm. to to save her and the ship and the federation or however big that that moment may be Mm -hmm. but also the blowback for burnham is going to be this loss you right, know, this right. this Kobayashi Maru reality syndrome, you know, the reality of the actual Kobayashi Maru, which Kirk right, faces right. in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, you know, which uh, Dal faced, although all that was a holog- holographic place, but he did take mm-hmm. the lessons from it. But um, he, he was kind of, you know, that last time Dal won- kind of almost won the Kobayashi Mish- Maru, and he actually lost his crew at the last second and was shocked mm-hmm. by that and sure so i think that that's what we're coming up to with uh with Burnham is this huge loss and i think that we're not gonna you know i originally predicted that we might lose some bridge crew or some someone like that that we sort mm-hmm. of don't know but i think that the real impact is going to be she's going to lose book for good i mean that book yes. is oh, going yeah. to die and and she's so then I think we're going to go into the next season thinking that she thinking that she took some, I I'm predicting that she's going to take some time off after this. And Saru is going to be back to being the captain okay. of the of the discovery. Looking <laughs> Once for uh, at a time
1: <laughs> predictions, but I can see. Well, it. that's
2: sort of that's sort of how I see the season. Wrapping up is an exact almost mirror of season three. So, so but I'll be honest, with the yeah, whole, I
1: mean, I can totally see that happening. I. Yes, I, I agree that we're the whole season has been kind of been setting up some sort of emotional comeuppance for Michael, you know, like, it's it's getting to a point where, and, and you know, even from the very first episode and the conversation be, between her and President Relic, like, it's it really has been like now that she's captain, and she has a lot more responsibility she is like more following orders now, I feel like. Like she's like much more she's trying to be more mature in her role. I think now is a point where she kind of needs to realize that she can't save everyone. And I think Book is going to be that catalyst. At the same yeah. time, I'm really I'm actually pretty over Book. I, I'm kind of done with him as a character. Um, I I I won't be sad to see him go. He's just gotten kind of like for me a little bit annoying. Like as a character and understand that obviously a lot of his characters arc the season has been about his grief, but this thing with Tarka is just very, it's just very really like, I, you know, I feel that like Michael is not doing like, you know, Michael went to try to convince him to kind of, you know, go back. Right. I don't think Michael did a really good job of even trying to convince him that, you know, this is a wrong path for him to take the, the most of Mar- Michael's argument, Um, when she was talking to book was about how basically he's going to be burning his bridges with the federation and how this is going to get in trouble. Whereas I would be like, okay, well, can you please think about this for a second? I know that you want to deal with this immediate threat, but can you think about what's going to happen after you blow this up? Because literally this species tendency or whatever, you know, has so much power that you think they're not going to retaliate and make things 10 times worse. Like, you know, like I feel that there could be other logical arguments for Michael to make. That would have been the first one. So what do you think is going to happen right after? You think they're not, just, they're not going to do anything? They're going to come back to us. Like, it's going to be even worse. So let's think about this logically. Let's try to make first contact with them. Let's have this weapon. Why not? Just in case. Why not, like, work in parallel paths, right? This is me as a project manager. Like, you know, project manager cap that I have a work. It's like, all right, let's, let's do both. Let's try to contact them. And let's build this weapon. We have this weapon as a backup. If first contact goes wrong and they're not even willing to talk to us, we have this as a solution. You know, why does it need to be one or the other? I don't even understand why it needs to be one or the other. Um, I, I actually think it's very myopic, and I feel like they're just doing this for the drama, versus like, hey, Tarka, this is actually not a bad idea. You know, it's awesome. Obviously, it's dangerous, but let's take high risks. But let's try talking to them first. You no, know, I think that would be actually very reasonable. But no, we need the drama. So it's actually kind of annoying. Well I think
2: we also have the ego of of both of these. We have the ego of Tarka who again I'm never going to like this character. He's a bully and he's an he's an asshole. Um and uh he's even an asshole to Joanna in this in this episode which is you know, she should kick his ass. Even though he sort of, she sort of understands partially why he's doing this, but she tries to figure out why he's really doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only person he's told is book, right? I, I think. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, he's. I, I look annoying. at Tarka as kind of like the devil, and the devil has appealed to book's greater or original, more original nature like where we met him at the beginning of season 3, right? Where he was kind of operating, he was stealing from other traders, trying to do the right thing but stealing from them. So he stole the transworms. He's, mm-hmm. you know, done other other things that, you know, has uh, Mazano, you know, reminds him of, you know, like these things he's done some things he that, you know, obviously he had to pay up before before he even uh, could get the isolinium. So um, so I think that there's, you know, we're, we're going back to who Book was originally. You know, Michael was able to slowly, I think, effectively change him and give him a reason to act differently and to have some more ethical standards in, in how he how he did. She probably also slipped into some of his more less gray area ethical decisions while she was on her own. Uh, But overall, I think that what's happened here is that Tarka, the devil, has essentially just corrupted him and his evil, you know, his side. Okay. uh, And and preyed upon his anger, though, and Mm -hmm. to prey upon his grief. Like he's used, Tarka is definitely using Book. There's no question about this. And he knows all the things because he's a super intelligent egomaniac. He knows how to trick people into doing these things. He he tricked the admiral somehow into giving him the codes to release the spore drive. So there's that piece of it as well. So this you know again this you know I I hope that Tarka finds the justice finds Tarka by the end of this season.
1: Okay. But... Okay. I, thought I think you have very strong feelings for Tarka. Um, I, I do. Absolutely. I don't, I don't mind Tarka as much as you. I, I think that oh. like he definitely has his ego. Mean. He's ego. He, he, egoma- how do you say? Egomaniac. Say the he's, word. An he's
2: an egomaniac.
1: He's an egomaniac, but there's the adjective. Whatever. Okay. I can't say it. But yeah Is he's, he. He's, he's, He's an, he was he's definitely an egomaniac but I don't think book is by any means um you know innocent here because even before he met Tarka we were seeing these you know him reacting very emotionally to the loss of Quajon, and he was already kind of doing extremes like he was like already kind of working outside the boundaries of for the of whatever previous behavior he had established so you know like I think Tarka is definitely a catalyst, but I would not say Tarka is by any means the devil. It just so happens that Tarka and Book's, um, their priorities are now aligned. And I think Book actually is totally cool with, you know, like going along with Tarka's plan because it, it, it allows him to achieve his goals which is to prevent another tragedy equation. So I, I actually don't think Tarka is, you know, pushing Book to this such an extreme because we've already gotten seeds of Book's behavior changing since episode one. Um, so I would disagree with you. My main argument, though, is that I don't think either the Federation president or Michael are really doing a good job of trying to convince Book to go on a different path, Book or Tarka to go on a different path, or really trying to, they basically just shut them down. You know, versus like, I really think that there's a way for us to all work together. You work on this plan, I work on this plan, and let's do this, you know, let's have this as a backup, you know, in case all else fails. It is very extreme, but we realize it may be necessary. Like, I, I could have been in that room and actually, you know, argued that. And that is a very simple argument that we're not getting because we need this drama between Michael and Book ultimately leading to potentially the death of book. You know, like, I just think there are at least like, I love how much you disagree about discovery versus something like prodigy where we like love everything and are always on the same page because I just see these like logic faults, like that won't make any sense and just makes me so mad because I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, you know, like Michael was there to try to change books mind, but she does a terrible job of trying to change books mind. Like telling book that he's going to be in like bad, like, on the the Federation's bad list is not going to change book's mind. You know, that's just such a bad argument. So that was very frustrating to me.
2: I think one of the things, just one of the pieces that you're missing is the, the need for immediate action that, that Tarka and book feel. So, and, and probably all those people who um, voted with their side is this idea that attack first attack now attack quickly and I think that that's the thing there that that's the side. And the other side is to to try to make first contact with them. But
1: I don't think either the first contact piece of it is going to take that long. It's like, let's talk, let's start talking to them now. I don't think there was like a lot sure, of. But, but, I don't think there's a lot think, of immediacy in that. And the, the problem is they don't. But I'm it. saying
2: that Tarka and Book and those other people who are supporting them feel like attacking immediately, almost quickly. Uh, as quickly as possible to prevent anything else from happening because they have no idea when the next DMA will show up. Uh, that's that's sort of the threat. So it's sort of a this ongoing threat that's there and they need to take action right away to stop it. So there's no patience in waiting for first contact to, to be attempted. There is like act fast, act hard, act now. And that's I think that's just a piece of it.
1: The problem though here is that I don't really feel in that episode where they were deliberating the two options there really was any sort of good job of trying to find a way for both plans to work in conjunction like there that wasn't put, even put on the table at any point like they were like vote for this or vote for that you know there so i feel that even if there was a broaching of like let's work together we'll help you build this weapon you know because obviously tarka needed the resources and time to build it wasn't gonna happen like in 24 hours you know we'll actually be like let's help you build this weapon and you help us contact. Let's, why don't Why don't we do that? You know, target can you also help us to figure out a way to contact the Ten and we'll help you build this weapon. Like, there's there's ways to compromise that. You know, we, we can all work together and do things even faster. But that's not even that wasn't even on the table. So, you know, like I just think logically, there's just like issues that really just make me like question the whole season. Like, you know, like like let's power on right now. Um, which i find very frustrating. Okay, i mean i
2: understand that. I understand i can see what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, i, I mean i don't, you know, I, I i i might attribute that to the writers not feeling like No, are, the writers not, need drama, no.
1: that's what they need. You know, Oh, they, sure, they, sure. You need drama. Of course, well it's a
2: dramatic show. It's a dramatic show. I mean, that's the whole point of you know, the show and, is
1: And and it's not based on logic you know, and it's not based on reason. So this is why the reason one thing is, again, I, I can't stand discovery. Sometimes I just can't stand it. It just like makes It just it's so frustrating.
2: Let me ask you a side question. Just out of curiosity. Do you think that the world we live in operates in this logical realm that you're talking about?
1: You know, I'm not part of those deliberations. I do think that when I operate at work, which I am active, an active participant in, and I work with, I feel, a lot of reasonable people, I do think we explore options together. And by the way, that deliberation in that episode, it was like 10 minutes. Like, you know, this would be in the real world. It would be hours, if not days. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. Like, making a decision like that, does, especially when you're having these many delegates from, like, all these different planets come in, let's be real. It's not like a 10, 15-minute scene. It's days. Days. So the only experience that I can speak to is how we think about things at work, which I think is deliberate. We try to make, we try to look at all the different routes and we try to come to, I'm not talking
2: about work though. I want you to think about the world that we live in the world.
1: I'm not, I'm not part of those deliberations. Like, you know, like I can't. No, "No,
2: but if you, you know, I, the way that I look at, the way that I look at the deliberations that happened in discovery is the way that I would look at like the war room in the white house. For instance which i'm sure is super hyperactive right now uh given the the state of you know russia and ukraine and, and that whole situation let alone whatever other hot spots there are in the world that that you know we don't know about so i think that you know the this deliberation that you're seeing in the federation council is not is like isn't really the u.n it's more like something in the white house happening um where you have all these military leaders who are or these this group, you know, half the table is probably saying right. we've got to act now. And the other half is probably saying, but we have to go through diplomatic channels. Why don't we try dip- diplomacy?
1: But oftentimes they are working on parallel paths. It's not it doesn't need to be one or the other. Let's do the diplomatic channel, but let's also build the super weapon. You know, that's what that actually makes sense. You know let's right, see but
2: doing. if there were an imminent threat, I think that's the other piece that we don't that you're not. I don't, I don't see the- why,
1: if there's an imminent threat, why you can't do both. I, don't, I have no idea, like in this case, I don't okay. Mind. All
2: right, well, like, I, it's can, it's see, lack I of resources. can see, I can
1: see there's not a lack of resources. They're just gonna send discovery to contact spacious tense, let's be real. And they could have helped Tarka to up- obtain the isolinium, you know, like what, why would they not be able to do both? There's no reason. That's okay. It. So
2: I mean we, we we obviously as as discovery often does, it brings out two different sides to our conversation. Uh and... it's just that you're not
1: but you're not offering me like any like anything that writers have offered me on screen that wouldn't that wouldn't be like a reason why we can't do both. You know, no, but
2: you're not looking outside of your box and, and thinking how the world actually works either. So, I, I mean, I can't give you I can't tell you everything because I don't work in the White House, but I can imagine things how we things go and see
1: how they deliberate on screen. We understand the circumstances that they're operating within, don't we? Like, I'd ask for the, I mean, the, the, the White House and try to compare things to the White House. But here we know the resources they have at hand. We know the options they have on hand. We know the personnel that are in play. So, given all those things. But you're
2: forgetting about the immediate threat. That would be like saying that there's a going to be a bomb in Times Square, you know, that could happen at any moment. And what are we going to do? Like, is, is is something, you know, but, are we going to take action on it or not? Are we going to try to find,
1: neither, find neither, the group neither who. one of those routes lack immediacy that's what i'm saying that's not true
2: so but the discovery in discovery there is this the dma has just shown up in right? random places right. at random times so I'm, no, but I'm
1: saying look Tarka, let's build your weapon and let's we can say like let's contact species tendency in the next two days like i can this is if i was there i'd be like all right they didn't have
2: remember. that information they literally didn't have that information until right now
1: right so you probably like, like two days been, after
2: it's been days and days. since. All they, right, let's move, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move I on. I mean, you're, so you're, you're... okay, well, yeah. I, you know, I think that you, you expect everything to operate logically, and I, I, I don't think that the world doesn't operate that way, and neither does Discovery.
1: I, I think it's bad writing.
2: Okay, I don't I don't think I you know, this was actually written by Sean Cochran, who's written a number of episodes, all of which I think have been fairly good.
1: You know, I think it's like the decisions made in a writer's room about like these like big choices. It's not like one specific writer. Like it's like, let's let's build up the drama. Let's make people let's have people make poor decisions and let's then because of that, you know, things blow up. Because we need we need the spectacle. People
2: are always going to make poor decisions. It's not whether it's fictional or not. Everyone makes poor decisions. So, like, you think that there is
1: bad writing? Like, of course, there's bad writing. I
2: don't think I don't think that this episode had any bad writing at all. No, the bad
1: writing in terms of the overall decisions being made. Like, it's not just like any one scene. It's like you know, like even that that episode I was talking about the the last one where they were like deliberating the options before them. Like, why could no one? No one even broached the idea of like let's do let's work on parallel paths and do both. You know, like why not? Like if I could have suggested that right there, that wasn't even deliberated as an option.
0: Okay. And then,
1: you know, then like be like, okay, like that's not gonna work. Like at least give me that. You know, like that's not gonna work because why? You know, like there wasn't it wasn't even suggested. And I think at least in some sort of deliberation setting, someone could have suggested, why don't we do both? Why don't we build a weapon? You need two days to build a weapon. So let's get you what you need. In the meantime, let's give ourselves two days to try to contact speech attendee. I could have suggested that. And then what? And then let's, let's talk to them and we can't get and if we can't get what if we to, can't
2: what to, if we didn't get first contact and how long are you going to give first contact to happen in order to again let's build,
1: a, let's build a timeline. you know this is how this is how things work. even in a war room like let's build a timeline. let's work backwards from when we want to set this deadline to be. Like, if we can't get any more Species 10C, then let's destroy, let's destroy a DMA.
2: That's yeah. when you have control of all of the pieces that you can create a timeline and a deadline. You don't have, you're talking about a, something that you don't have control over, which is the DMA showing up, which is random, which it has but randomly shown up over time. But Tarker didn't have
1: the weapon built. You don't it's not like he had it. You know, like you couldn't. Yeah, but it
2: takes. Anything. He's all throughout all these episodes. He said it will take me one day to build this weapon, and then they can set it off. So literally, we're talking about twenty-four hours and fifteen minutes. Then let's that, the let's weapon. not make that.
1: Let, then let's make that timeline. You know what I mean? That's not like, time. Then let's give that, ourselves not reasonable time to... to figure out like where Speechless tendency is and Discovery literally can jump anywhere in the universe instantaneously. You know, so that's what I mean. Like. Once they kind of find out where Southeast Tennessee is, they can go there immediately. So there really isn't like, oh, like we need travel there. It's going to take five years. It's to-
2: not like they're going there to talk to a neighbor that they know or whatnot. They're actually going there to talk to someone they've uh, to a, a species they've never met or have sure. no idea. Like okay, the language. My, my
1: issue, my issue is it wasn't even broached as an option. You know, like it wasn't even some sort of compromise that was discussed. Like, you know, like, it was just like either it's this plan or this okay. plan. That um,
2: is it. Okay. All right. Well, I think we should move on because we you're going in circles now as well. So, other parts of this episode that we can talk about are, you know, so the poker game that the we we both talked a little bit about has uh, M- Mazano uh, being, you know, a 32nd century version of Quark. Right. Um, you know, which I really enjoyed. I actually think he was a standout of this episode. He was the best uh, yeah, this episode to me. So there's there's that. I, I yeah. do hope that we get to see him again, um, whether it's in this or some other show that's, you know, Starfleet Academy or whatever it may be in the future. But I do hope that we get to see him again because that was a great addition to uh to the Star Trek universe, I felt like. So yeah, kudos I think that, um... to...
1: And you and I were chatting over Slack about this. I, I think that it's that quality where he is obviously motivated by greed, but at the same time, you can tell there's some sort of... You know, he cares about our characters or he has a certain kind of moral compass, very similar to Quark. And I, I, I you know, that's that's why I like Quark and that's why we really like Hass. So... Um, You know, I think that very similarly, we kind of get that kind of character here that I also hope comes back at some point. But I don't know the the whole like CD bar, CD casino thing. I'm like, again, like, you know, it's just such a trope. It's like another one. You know, there's so many like CD bars and casinos where people go to get information. It's like, okay, got it. You know, it's just another one. Well, I mean, this one is outside of of the Federation too, so. Well, all of them seem to be, they usually do seem to fall outside of Federation control for some reason.
2: I I do feel like, um, you know, I love the character. I feel like the setting was a little, you know, I get the barge and everything and I get the, this is another sort of scene or scenes that I felt like suffered from being filmed during COVID times because, uh, it didn't feel full. It never felt busy like this. It felt like a, I don't know, a Tuesday afternoon uh, uh, in Atlantic city or whatever, you know, it didn't feel all that, um, active. And I think that that for me was noticeable in comparison to, um, uh, to what we've seen in the past, I just think that it's something that was noticeable to me and kind of detracted from it a little bit. Like I liked, I liked the setting. I liked the, you know, the sets were were fine, but I felt like um, the number of people on. Obviously, it was you know filmed dur- during COVID times. It just didn't give me the energy. Just like, uh, and I think this especially came through in the scenes with with uh, uh in the in the fight scenes. It was sort of like the crowd was sort of. You know piped in through audio and there wasn't a lot of action around the the ring mm-hmm. uh in fact i didn't even notice the the guy who who later comes up to them and says we're taking your mon- our money back you swindled us um uh, i oh, didn't the even recognize like that rem-
1: or whatever
2: yeah like i didn't even recognize him from or remember him from the scene the scenes uh of the fight so you know, I just think that that's one of the things that actually detracted from the episode for me was this idea that you're going to this barge. There's all this betting happening, and it feels very like not very energetic. It doesn't feel like a casino. It doesn't feel. It just you know, I just really didn't get the at, the atmosphere wasn't created well in this episode in this part of the episode for me. Um, and I and I think I've kind of remarked on it throughout this season. I mean, this is definitely a season that's made in COVID times and the lack of additional characters and, and extras has been apparent on discovery. It's on the discovery and, and it's sort of in this case, you know, a a casino, you would expect to have more, more people in, you know, active and involved in it. So that for me, um, uh, was, uh, kind of detracting, uh, a little bit from this part of the episode, but you know, I definitely uh, enjoy has, and I liked that he really was rooting for Michael and book. Uh, I get, well, this to your
1: point time. about the bar, that's interesting. I mean, I, I totally see what you're saying now, now that you're talking about it. But yeah, I don't know, like, because, you know, Boba Fett, you know, which you also recently talked about, like the bar, I don't remember the name of the bar that they frequented. That yeah. was also shot during COVID. It felt very energetic to me. Like, that yeah, was, totally um, different. That totally different. Filmed yeah. in 2020 as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I got. I don't know if they did a better job with COVID, like, or they were more. I have no idea. I don't know how it all works. But yeah, I don't know. The either. energy was, yeah. about, you know, if I were to compare that, you know, that bar, that CD bar, with this CD bar, very different. Like, you know, like I think that, yeah, exactly, you know, it making it feel more lively somehow, even though it's during you know, pre-vaccine pandemic.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I I, I think it also highlights the differences between Lucasfilm and Paramount as to their, the way that they go about production. But anyway. um, uh, But yeah, so it's just uh, you know, for me, that's one of the detractors of the episode. It's it's one of the detractors actually for this whole season uh, is, you know, and, and understandably I'm not, it's nothing they can do about it. It's just for me, I'm missing the energy that additional people and, and crowd. And some They don't have to add a ton of crowds, but I think that, you know, Discovery was so protective of, you know, of COVID protocols and everything that it was just really, um, uh, it's really evident in in the, the way that this is filmed. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, uh, there's that. And then the other scene, so, you know, we get a couple of scenes in Engineering where Paul explains what's going on in different phases of, of this and and what they're doing to kind of research the species mm-hmm. can see. But then we also get a nice scene with Paul and Hugh, which for me again was just one of those moments that I really enjoy and I wish like we had dom- more like of domestic our domestic moment
1: that was yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Except but also, I was like talking to you demon. about this—the spray bottle oh, yeah. that Paul was using. That very, that was very, that, I, that was the only thing I focused on because he was. I mean, we, we. I need to rewatch the scene because the way that I saw it it looked like basically a non-branded Windex spray bottle. I was like, "What is, what is that?" And I was like, "That was the only thing that I can focus on for the whole scene." And I got the gist of what they were talking about, but I was so focused on the water on, on the spray bottle. Obviously, that you did not notice that upon first viewing. I
2: did not notice the water bottle. Even on second viewing, you know, what I saw was not distracting or or exactly what I thought you saw. But maybe I was looking at something else. But anyway, yeah. No, I thought that the, it's nice to have these scenes, these real life, real life in the sense of Discovery's crew moments where, you know, we, again, we go back to the main characters checking in on their personal life. And even mm-hmm. um, even at the beginning of one of the briefings, I thought this was really good and also kind of connecting as well, is that Paul and and Saru, I think those are the only two in this scene, but both of them uh, checked in with Michael and said, how are you doing? Essentially, you know, we're, we're with mm-hmm. you. We're sorry that this is happening with book. And, and mm-hmm. there was that appreciation. So um i thought that that was really um some nice touches those are the things that i really love about discovery is when they do these nice little scenes and these yes. nice little clutches yes. that's one
1: thing we agree on it's like these like more like intimate scenes that actually you know that bring out character development and bring the characters closer together i i do enjoy quite a bit yeah you know, and i in think in this that- case the the spray bottle
2: was distracting sure uh yeah I just think that also the the conversation that they had was an important one, and I think all couples and all all you know all everyone should have with one another with those that they care about is just these mm. checking in moments and mm. noticing when behaviors are different and uh so for me, that really felt uh oh, felt prescient God. it felt uh it, you know again, I talk about how it's nice being seen uh and being seen by Discovery and their their aim is to make sure that, you know, the LGBTQIA plus community is seen in in the in this show uh, is uh, is really this is this is what actually endears me, you know, despite the things that we disagree with or that we don't like about Discovery overall. And for each of you and I, those are different things. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, this is like the highlight. This is what this is what discovery highlights the best is are these intimate moments these these seemingly normal moments Mm -hmm. of everyday life and connection between people who care about one another who are in relationship with one another you know like Mm -hmm. worrying about worrying about um i uh i'm my mind is blanking on ian alexander's character right now but uh, you know, Paul mentions like how he's got a lot going on at work as well with figuring out the DMA and t- 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 uh species 10C. And he's also thinking about is you know, is um, I want to say Dow, but that's not right. Wait, uh, I- I gray? yeah, Gray, thank you, Gray. I could not put Gray, he's worrying about he's not gray. even on the
1: show anymore, he's like off on trill,
2: yeah, no, but uh, but uh, you know, um, also Adira adira is there potentially still with gray helping them settle in Uh to trill so that you know they left at the end of uh the the mid-season finale and um to do that so it was just nice to bring that back around and mention that like i've got a lot going on at work you know and i'm also worried about gray and adira on trill and are they settling in okay and then also, you know, I'm worried about you because clearly there's something wrong going on with you, Hugh. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's talk about what's going on with you. So, but also some shared talk about anxiety and how people deal with it and about taking care of them. You know, Hugh's character is a great example of uh, of how those people who are caregivers in this world are really, you know, putting a lot on themselves and how even more intensely that has been happening during COVID times. So, um, for, 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 you know, for everyone, but caregivers, especially. So again, these, these scenes really mean a lot to me as a, as a fan and as a, as a gay man, this, these scenes really uh, hit home for me. And and Mm -hmm. so this, these are the things that I really love about discovery so sure um so there's that and then yeah. i you know i think the episode sort of wraps up with uh
1: so can you talk about the poker scene a little bit oh sure um, which i thought was interesting so yeah i don't know and i i would like to know like what you thought about this whole scene i i I don't find these kind of scenes particularly riveting. And, and, and it also bothers me when we're on basically the edge of the galaxy and they're playing like some version of Texas Hold'em. Like, I'm just like, what, like, why can't it just be, why does it need to be like poker? And it's like, like, I think it's a slight variation of Texas Hold'em, but I was like, well, these these look like suits. And they have, like, you know, very very regular, like, hands, like, straight, flush. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, can we not get more original? You know, like, things like that really bug me sometimes about Star Trek, where it's like, yeah, it's like, we're, like, 10,000 light years or something from Warrior before, and they have poker. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, But then, like, the Michael, and I know you touched on it earlier, like, Michael and Book kind of um, working together in that scene. I was just like all right, like, can no one kind of maybe tell that they're, like, cheating? Like, it was just, like, to me, it was just, like, overly obvious. They were, like, you know, tapping the table. They were, like, tapping their faces. I was, like, okay, is no one going to call on anything here? Like, it was just kind of, like, not very subtle to me. Um, I don't know. It it was just, like, it was, like, fine. I mean, like, I don't usually find these, like, yeah, these – He's kind of like, let's
2: bet it all.
1: It kind of seems very riveting, but I don't know what you thought about it. It was fine. It was fine.
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think just the, the, the setup was that they were, they're both vying for the isolinium, right? So that w- they wouldn't be working together was the, probably the general feeling at the table. They're both literally playing against each other, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. they both want to win the isolinium. So um i think that that's sort of the the trope that you have to or the part that you have to sort of buy into i don't mind the poker piece of it um i think it just you know it's easier to understand who wins and why when you do something that's recognizable to the audience versus creating something new and right oh yeah sure
1: i get it it's just like sometimes it takes me out of it because i'm like all right like it's just like
2: no, I was more. Yeah, I was more paying attention to their signals to one another, which was interesting. Yeah, I mean, how could you miss that? But again, if you think that you, you, one, you're outside of Federation territory, so the Starfleet captain is not going to be getting any. You know, working with anybody. No one's going to be seen working with her, and so it's sort of that sort of perspective. I think no one's going to help her out because she's Starfleet, and and this isn't this isn't the Federation area. So we're we're. You know, I think that there's that piece of it. So, um, but yeah, I was. You know, yeah, I it's just that like he'll... you know,
1: when I don't know if you ever played like Texas Hold'em or poker. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, you know, it's just like you don't. You know, there's not that much when you're when you're kind of focusing on your hand. You're kind of just thinking. You don't like. You know, do all these like grandiose gestures and talking. Yeah, of you course. Know, it's just like it's just like very like I was like I would be like sure really when, shut up yeah. and just play your hand you know like. Even stuff like that, which is, like, a little bit, like... You know, they, it just wasn't subtle. It was very suspect.
2: Um, it was so, dramatizing, you know, like, the World Poker Championship things, which all you're doing is watching people sit there and think about their bets. Yeah, they don't, and, you know, like, they don't talk. The yeah, They don't talk. Yeah, I mean, like, this is just yeah and also you get to see what everybody has so you s- sort of get right, to see like right. who's bluffing and who's winning and or who could potentially win and and how that all plays out so it's it's a much quieter presentation you know and the um in that sense so you know oh, yeah right. you ha- sort of have to dramatize dramatize it in order for it to right. to be be able to be seen on TV
1: one other thing that I was distracted by both about the bar and also the poker scene I don't know if this Registered with you at all is how many just humans there were. Like, even like the two like Emerald Chain leader wannabes were, I mean, they were, unless I missed something, they just looked human versus like looking like they're Orions or Andorians or whatever. I was just like, why is like, why are there so many humans like, you know, at this like frontier, you know, like casino? You know, I, I just, it was like very odd. That was a little bit odd to me um because usually we see is just like more aliens and um this was just like i was like oh there are a lot of humans here i don't know i noticed that it was just slightly distracting
2: i didn't notice that so much uh, i can see where you're going towards i i think you know when you have a a budget uh and an alien create you know creating uh, your alien i mean whatever at least make them Orions, it,
1: give them like p- green paint like you know it's not that difficult sure
2: sure. um
1: Um, you know because the emerald chain was primarily run by andorians we know this like run by andorians and orions you know and i'm sure there were some humans working with them but the majority of them particularly those that might be trying to take osiris like previously held power i would imagine are going to be Orions or andorians so i just thought i was just you know i I think they focus more
2: on creating the characters for the the um the cheater who was going around the changeling. Oh, you know, yeah. that, that, that was like four or five, no, maybe even six different, well, five, if you, you don't include the triple, right. Um, but you all of they, the visual they Their, their mix makeup.
1: Their. Uh, yeah. Makeup I think budget. that they
2: focused. I think they focused on creating, making that seem real. And, you know, again, uh, you know, I think that that's where, for me it detracted it wasn't because uh, there were so many humans there i actually didn't really pay attention to the other characters too too much mm-hmm. um or, or that because it was slightly unnoticeable right because there were so few people in this in these scenes so um,
0: well yeah it
1: was like the, the the two humans at the bar the alien that owo the not you know the the, the other fighter that owo fought um mm-hmm. the the fighters um coach or whatever friends like they're all just human i was like i was like that's mm-hmm. interesting just, I, I, well
2: they're humanoid i mean i guess they yeah we don't yeah, these really look get
1: human. they didn't even have like you know like anything that was telltale like at least give them like weird ears or something i don't know whatever um but yeah i did notice that too um mm-hmm. and sorry i think you were about to talk about we're going to talk about like the final the final scene were they Oh, just or, the,
2: you know, where we, we kind of see what the space is that they're going into and how there's going to be in this void, in this bubble, almost like the bubble that protected the Federation and Starfleet. Yes, yes. It, that and was and right now right we have this extra galactic back. bubble that actually holds a sun and or up potentially to two, two three planets.
1: Potentially two suns, I think it was mentioned. It's okay. like that big.
2: Um, but there are two, at least two to three planets in there as well. So um, theoretically, I mean, they have no idea what's in it. That's the thing. They, they, kept right. the and they yeah, yeah. Just by the size, I guess the admiral right. said this, like, which i you know are you know. Yeah, I've he was a, got, he was a,
1: he was, hyp- he was hypothesizing that it was enough. I think to hold like two suns and a few planets or whatever. Oh. I don't quite remember. Um, so I thought that was um, interesting. And then I didn't register the whole Boronate thing until I was reading up on it, and apparently it is what the Borg in that Omega Molecule episode used to create, like, the Omega Molecule.
2: It's like a precursor.
1: It's like the raw materials for... the Boronite is the raw materials for making Omega. Um, Oh, okay. I was like, oh, that is interesting. Um, And I wonder if that is going to... If the Omega Molecule is going to make an appearance here as maybe uh energy source actually hey like that could be like one of the energy sources for the dma because it's supposed to be like the one of the most powerful source of energy in the universe so hey yeah maybe that's something
2: yeah i guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, and you know and you bring up the borg interestingly enough i mean we're in a we're in a timeline where there isn't I we have really no idea what's going Borg. on with the Borg. You have no idea what's going yeah. on with the Borg. Yeah, so I wonder if we're going to see a new version of the Borg in this extragalactic space, or whether this is going to be a
1: uh, brand new species of some sort. So. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I thought that was interesting. I yeah, I, I didn't. As I said before, I don't think it necessarily pushed the plot forward. It just added more mystery to who species 10C is, which, you know, I'm like, Ooh, like little like Easter eggs and kids. I like, you anyway, know, I like that shit. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see where they go with that. But yeah, yeah. that's it. We did talk, We, it has almost been an hour. Somehow we did have a lot to talk about, even though we we're just concentrating on one episode of discovery. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on? Okay. I think.
2: Not that I can think of. No, I mean we didn't talk a whole lot about uh, Owosikin, Joanna, um, but sure. she did phenomenal. I'm glad she had. She I'm glad phenomenal. she had something to do,
1: and I'm also glad that they went back to that scene in that reference that it, Boyd right? episode where she wanted to do something. I don't remember the name of the episode, but yeah, um, where where Michael acknowledged that she wanted to contribute more. I actually did like that um that they didn't forget about um that one short scene with Oo and Saru.
2: Yeah no that was a nice callback and uh I thought that her and um and Michael had a nice conversation in this shuttle. Uh, yeah. so that was that was really cool. So yeah. Uh I'm glad that we get to know a little bit more about her. She had some she had a scene with Tarka you know, mm-hmm. she had this amazing fight scenes. So uh kudos to her uh for doing all that. And yeah, uh, you know, she's in she's in top shape for that as well. I mean so that's pretty awesome. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice th- nice to see that and we'll, we'll see,
1: see if we it. get any more of oh, OO, well, but maybe she's done for the season. Maybe she's like, Okay, had my moment and the rest of the season she's gonna just be at the con. Maybe.
2: Maybe. but uh, it was nice to see her so yeah so and and see her get more screen time and more interaction and more development so yeah there we go yeah that's the only other thing that i can think of about this episode and we have no previews yet for for next week's episode uh we have we don't even have a title for next week's episode yet so oh really all, yeah no it's all it's on, not announced yet so so we'll wait to see, and uh, I did hear from some other sources. I I have not watched the Ready Room yet, so I hear that there's some some good talk on the the Ready Room. Uh, so I need to go check that out. Um, so, yeah, cool. Uh, I, right. I think that sums up uh, all in. Right,
1: that's the name of this episode, all in. Correct, all in. All right, awesome. So, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor?
2: Absolutely. So, Fansets is the exclusive sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network or the presenting sponsor, I should say, of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and also Deep Space Pride. And uh, what's really exciting is over the last 24 hours or so, uh, and again, we're recording over the weekend, so which is a little different than what we normally do, but they just previewed their three mission, Chicago pins, uh, which look amazing. And, uh, so you get a really basic, uh, star Trek mission, Chicago pin. You've got one a little bit bigger with, uh, the skyline of Chicago. And, uh, you've got a third one. That's the, essentially the enterprise, the outline of the enterprise D it looks like with, uh, the logo of Chicago mission, uh, star Trek. Mission Chicago, and uh, the Skyline all-in-one uh, one pin. So, really cool. Uh, you can head over to Fansets Instagram to see those pins. Uh, those are going to be available at Mission Chicago, and then any pins left over will be available on their website after that date. So, that's really exciting. But Fansets has a ton of other pins on their website. I don't have the February 15th releases in front of me, uh, but... You know, you can head on over there uh, by the time this airs, by this time this is out there, you can go and check out the new releases at fansets.com. Put a bunch of pins in your cart. Uh, they have accessories and gifts, gift cards as well. Uh, put more than $30 in your cart and you're going to get free shipping in the U.S. And if you use the code DSPRIDE, all one word, you will get 10% off your order. And we want to thank Fansets for being great people and our sponsor for the Truck Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Thanks,
1: FanSets. Speaking of Chicago, are we going? Yeah. We haven't I mean, talked my plan about is it. To we, go. Haven't, we haven't talked we about have it. We haven't planned. We have not planned anything. So. Well, you
2: know, we we have a trip coming up in front of us that has been more of the focus so uh you know i think once we get back uh from those trips and uh i get some self-care time or probably before that but um we will uh we'll make plans for that so but that's coming right up that's only um
1: not far away at all it's it's like two
2: months it's about six weeks away actually six seven weeks away yeah. When is it? April what? April eighth, 9th, and tenth. I want to say. So is it? It is. Oh dear. Yes. So yes, we need to go and make plans for that, and we will do that. But in the meantime, oh, yeah. if April you have thoughts, 10. goodness. Yes, oh, that's oh. that is exactly what I just said.
1: Okay.
2: Um. All right. So All right. Johnson, why don't you tell our. F- Listeners, how they can get in touch with us.
1: Yeah. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear your thoughts on our lively debates and everything else that we discussed today. And if you want to reach us, you can reach us on social, on Twitter and Instagram at Deep Space Pride. And you can also email us at Deep Space Pride at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to do our best to respond to you in a timely fashion. Uh, as long as we're not traveling or away. Correct. Correct. Cool. Great. All right. Well, um, thanks, Mike. Thanks, listeners. Um, and yeah, that wraps up another uh, episode of DSpace Pride. We'll talk to you all soon. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Live long, live long and prosper. Oh oh Speaking is hard today. It is. All right. And there's a dog. Bye. All right. Bye.